Hey everybody, it's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up, or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another tantalizing episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. My name is Stefan, and I am your host for the evening, and I am joined, as usual, by my artistically, uh, genuinely, debonair, debonair <laughs> co-host, Mr. Josh Rutledge. How Thank are you. you today? That's a lot better than last week. Lumpishly? Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked it. My wife thought it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited. Uh, you do. You tend to change shapes uh, every time I see you here. This is a lead-in to our topic for the evening, which is shapeshifters. We're going to be talking about uh, shapeshifters of many kinds um, and all that jazz. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in, as usual, here to Fearscape on the Destination Nation Network. Uh, And we are going to get into some spooky news before we get going. I've got a very interesting story for you. So yeah, let's jump right into spooky news. All right, so this week on Spooky News, I have uh, a story that comes from CNN.com, but I've, I've been finding it on a bunch of other things. Uh, but the headline is, Aliens definitely exist, and they could be living among us, according to Britain's first astronaut. So uh, Britain's first astronaut has said that aliens definitely exist, and it's possible that they're living among us on Earth, but have gone undetected so far. Helen Sharman, who visited the Soviet Mir space station in 1991, told the Observer newspaper on Sunday that aliens exist. There's no two ways about it. So I'm sure she said, aliens exist. There's no two ways about it. And then she had some tea and crumpets. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There are so many billions of stars out there, she said, in the universe that there must be all sorts of different forms of life. Will they be like you and me made up of carbon and nitrogen? Maybe not. So then in a tantalizing theory that should probably make you very suspicious of your colleagues, Sharman added, it's possible that they're here right now and we simply cannot see them. Uh, just a quick heads up about Sharman. She was one of the first of seven Britons to ever enter space, not through the space ladder that um, Eddie <laughs> Izzard once made famous. Uh, Sharman became the first Briton in space in 1992. She spent eight days as a researcher on a space mission when she was 27, making her not only one of the first Britons, but one of the youngest people to ever enter orbit. Uh, and so we know that we've got NASA rovers on Mars looking for evidence of past and present life forms. But our endless fascination with extraterrestrial life forms has so far proved fruitless. But Charmin is not the only person to speculate that we've had brushes with aliens. Even a former Pentagon official who led a secret government program to research UFOs revealed in 2017 uh, that he believes there is evidence of alien life reaching Earth. Elsewhere in her interview, Charmin said that there is no greater beauty than looking at the Earth from up high. So very, very interesting. And, uh, you know, she said that uh, she believes that they're here already and have been here. Well, you know, there's a there's a standing theory that um, that they are here from, you know, like meteors that have hit the earth. Right. Yeah. They could have evolved. Right. You know, that it's it's carried over time, you know, 165 million years ago that wiped out the dinosaurs. Right. That that meteorite uh, carried. Some st- you know stagnant life that was reactivated at the it time. It could be us. 
yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we weren't around before the dinosaurs, right. exactly. so well, we we were aware they were on the ark. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, amen. And uh, yeah, so that's my spoken news for uh, today. I, I'm really interested in that. I like that idea that they've always been here, uh, even before we got here. So yeah. I think that's just very, very interesting. It really could really show how technologically advanced they are if they were coming via spaceship or things yep. like that. So yep. very interesting. It, but yeah, uh, any other thoughts on that? Well, it just it ties back into the our episode from uh, from last week around uh, Hellier, mm-hmm. which is around that whole kind of you know ultra uh, terrestrial. Yeah, the ultra terrestrial that are that are already kind of been here the whole time. Right. I mean, the, just like you said about the meteorite, the DNA things there could be the missing link. Who knows? All right. Well, let's go ahead and move right into creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. All right, so I've got uh, two stories. I got a funny one and a real one, but you also said you had kind of a minor it's creepy ketchup, so mu- a little more mystic mustard. Yeah, right. Or or mayonnaise, whichever. Yeah, or whichever, a, whichever a you Jeff like, sauce, whatever you like to put on your hot dog. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so mine is uh, mine is really and I, I mean I'm. I'm I'm going to sound uh, a little uh, hung up on this, but mine is really around Hellier. What? Uh, yeah, I know. I just, it just really has, uh, I've, been, I've been re-watching it with my wife, and mm-hmm. it's just like stuff that I didn't necessarily see before, connections before I see now. And so one of the things that, that they said um, in second season, again, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, I apologize, but, you know, Carl does a... Uh, uh, a session where they like put him under, mm-hmm. and he, like he's talking to, to something, and they and they ask for a sign, and, and the and the whoever he's talking to, the entity says that um, that you'll get uh, there'll be an explosion, right? And, and and they'll say, well, how will we know that it's you? And they say, well, you'll know. Well, so Tuesday, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, f- uh, posted on Twitter that Beetlejuice, the uh, star in the uh, Orion constellation, mm-hmm. is in the process of going supernova. No, well, he's on his way here. Somebody must have called him three times. <laughs> yes. So, so which which you know is a huge explosion. Yeah, it's a huge so that's explosion. it's just. I feel like I'm like I don't know in the phenomena. I mean, it's just like it's surrounding me. So, um, you know, that's that's my creepy ketchup. It's just like I'm, I'm just. It's it's yeah. It's it's you're you're a part of that synchronicity that they talk about. So yeah. am I. We keep. I mean, you oh, just yeah. open your eyes. You're seeing everything now, and so am I. Um, but yeah, it's very, very interesting. And of course, I'm always like, well, don't they say that the light that we see is from billions of years ago? It's like, so if this is about to happen, it already, it happened. already happened, right? Yeah, but so. I mean, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's to still know that we wouldn't have seen it until now. Exactly. So, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so uh, let me give you my uh, I'll save my funny one to the end. OK, I'll save my funny one to the end. Um, so uh, I've recently moved. Uh, to a new house. It's my wife's parents' house. They're on uh, honey or not honeymoon, but on <laughs> retirement. It's their second honeymoon, yeah. uh, as they call it, their funny moon. Uh, it's three months in Florida. They're snowbirding, and so we're taking over their home while we're selling ours. And uh, I've already had a number of experiences really? in that basement, man. Like I'm down there, and I'm feeling somebody tapping on my shoulder. I can feel somebody breathing on my neck. I mean, I mean the house is what fifties built in the fifties, probably. Uh, no, I think I think my wife said that there was only one owner before them. Now, oh. granted, they've had the house since the early eighties, um, so who knows how yeah. long it's been? But still, I mean, it's a fairly new house. But it's just like we said, you know, we don't know what happened right. on that property before, before. it became a house, yeah. and they don't know well, what I mean, happened it, in that house. When the people lived there, and, it's, so. and I think I know where it is. It, it's close to Iroquois Park, which Iroquois Park is named for Iroquois yeah, Indians. So it is. It is know. indeed very close. Uh, it's very so, close to so, your old house. Yeah. So uh, so who knows uh, what was there before? Yeah. So, but yeah, I've definitely had some experiences. I haven't felt anything evil or anything along those lines, but I can definitely feel a presence that is saying, "Hey, I'm here." Um, as of yet, I've only experienced it in the basement. The basement. Um, and a couple of different areas and different things like that. So, uh, you know, not like super spooky, like I got punched or anything like that. And no, no night hags that kind of ended after that. Um, that usually happens once I talk about it, it goes away. Uh, but this is a lead into my funny one. Okay. So I'm downstairs and I'm already thinking, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, you know, who died here? Did something happen? Because I'm right. already having these things kind of happen to right. me. So I'm already spooking myself out. No one's there except for me and my wife. She's upstairs doing something. And uh, I go upstairs and I'm already, I'm just, I'm in the zone. I'm in the yep. spooky zone, man. And I open the door to the bathroom and I see a boot. And I <laughs> scream. <laughs> and I fully open the door and it is a full length, full-bodied cardboard cutout of data from Star Trek The Next Generation <laughs> that her mother put in there to scare me. Oh, that's awesome. And it absolutely worked. I screamed so loud because I was already in the spooky mood. I was thinking about it, and I see this boot. And here's the thing. I swear I heard something move in the bathroom, too. <laughs> like, and the door was closed, so I knew it wasn't the cats. And so I was already, like, it kind of pushed that adrenaline already a little bit more. And then I was like, ah! I screamed so loud. Oh my God, and my awesome. roommate, Paul, laughed. He goes, dude, what are you talking about? You shouldn't have been scared. It's Data. You know that phaser was set to stun. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, so that happened to me. That's my funny, creepy catch-up. But, I mean, I got the willy shook out of me, man, because I just I saw that boot, and I was like, <laughs> oh, man. So, but, yeah, that's that's creepy catch-up. Let's, let's, uh, let's get into our topic. Lord have mercy. So I, I did want to ask you, you know, uh, your night hags that you've had, mm-hmm. have you ever thought about setting up, like, a camera? And record yourself and just uh, to see what you get. I have, um, especially because both the wife and I both talk in our sleeps. And I've done some of those apps where I've listened to myself yeah. talking and things like that. And, uh, you know, it, it's like if you turn a certain way, it misses it. And I'm, I'm a tosser and turner. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I've thought about doing the camera. And I guess now I can because we have a different camera we use for improv. So I don't need the space on it. It's not a bad idea. Though my wife would be like, uh, what you trying yeah. to do? Well, I mean, it's not like you're <laughs> Don't broad- worry about it, baby. It'll be all right. <laughs> it's not like you're broadcasting everything, right? Yeah, just- no. But, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Um, what I'd like to do is, and I think Brad uh, has started doing this, too, because he gets them quite frequently as well, um, is journaling about it yeah and uh in fact he hit me up the other day to tell me that uh his time hop thing on facebook came up from 10 years ago uh the first time he had felt a haunting where he was just mm-hmm. i mean it was nuts the stuff he was sharing me the screenshots remember he's like dude i forgot about this wow and so he's trying to dig up because he journaled every day yeah. during that time and so he's trying to go through a storage trying to find those journals to see if he can look into it and i had asked him to tell us about it because his night hags are nutsos i yeah, mean they maybe. they come along the lines with the buzzing in the ears right. and the, all kinds of crazy his, stuff. His is the one that like it was perched up on the uh, dresser. No, that was David's. Was that, that was Santosh. Okay. Yeah. That, um, Brad's are always kind of hooded and there always seems to be a white lady that shows up as well huh. that walks past his door. It's really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We'll have to talk about him. Uh, yeah. Talk about that next time we have him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so. shapeshifters, I'm, I'm super pumped. We're going to be talking about shapeshifters. Uh, there's so many different types. I'm, oh, so my. I'm sure we're going to get into some Native American ones because uh, those are the ones we have already talked about yeah, a little bit. They're. In, the Native American episode. All over the place. All over the place. Just, I mean, all throughout history and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, basically, uh, to start us off here, we've got, um, you know, so in mythologi- uh, mythologically, what am I saying here? Hey, that's in- good. I like it. Hooked on phonics. <laughs> work for Josh, y'all. Uh, in mythology, uh, folklore, and speculative fiction, uh, shape-shifting is the ability to physically transform through an inherently superhuman ability. Uh, divine intervention, demonic manipulation, uh, sorcery, or having inherited the ability. Uh, so, like this demonic manipulation, if you think back a few episodes ago, we were talking about the Wendigo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really prime example around uh, the demonic manipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely in possession cases, there's a lot of times that safe yep. faces change and, yep. and uh, grow hair and right. things like that. exactly. So... Um, <clears throat> but uh, the idea of shape-shifting is in the oldest forms of uh, totemism and shamanism, as well as the oldest extant literature and epic poems such as the Epic of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, I was going to say so. And the Iliad. Yeah, which we had talked about the Epic of Gilgamesh about the werewolf. The right. one of the, in fact, the first written documentation of a right, werewolf, right? right. So the concept remains uh, a common trope in conspiracy theories, uh, modern fantasy 
children's literature and uh, popular culture. Um, yeah, even music, man. I mean, there's even some some songs about it. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Beauty I mean, and the Beast. That's for a sure. very you know children's tale that. Uh, if the the original tale not very uh, child friendly. No, none of the original tales <laughs> right. are very child friendly. Yeah. But in fact, that was the reason. Right. They weren't supposed to be child friendly. They were supposed to be scary stories right. to warn you and 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 to. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of ghost stories come from that. You oh know? yeah, exactly. So well, we've lost that art of teaching our kids to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, everything's fun. Yep. So. Uh, popular shape-shifting creatures in folklore are, uh, of course, werewolves, uh, vampires, uh, mostly of European, Canadian, Native American, early American origin. Um, the uh, Huli Jing in, of East Asia, um, the gods and goddesses, demons, uh, numerous new mythology. Mytho- again, trying to put mythology. Extra, trying to put extra letters in there, mm-hmm. uh, such as the Norse uh, uh, Loki. Uh, Proteus. Yep, those were two I was going to uh, talk about. Spe- Proteus, I mean, is is a base word for a lot of protoform and right, things exactly. like that. So, um, but yeah, so uh, you know, shape shifting uh, to the form of a wolf is especially known as uh, like lycanthropy, which we talked about mm-hmm. uh, before. Um, so you know, cr- creatures who undergo such a change are called lycanthropes. Um, I'm, I, I'm or in the underworld movies, lichens. Yeah, really. Uh, fairy therianthropy. That's what I'm going to go. I'll take with. it. I'll take it. Okay, is the more general term for human animal shifts, but it is rarely used in that capacity. Uh, it was also common for deities to transform mortals into animals and plants. Right. You know, a lot of people say that uh, the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland was indeed some sort of deity, as it was able to shape change yeah, and, interesting. and do different things. Yep. <clears throat> so is Gumby, apparently. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm Gumby, damn it. <laughs> um, so other other terms for shapeshifters are metamorph, uh, the Navajo. It's morphin' time. <laughs> the Navajo uh, skinwalker. Ooh, the Navajo skinwalker yeah. freaks me out. And, oh, I can't wait for us to cover Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, I, 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 touch, I touch on Skinwalker in here just because it is a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. but I saved all that for when we actually do yeah. the Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mimic, uh, which yep. you, you, you ever see the movie Mimic? Yeah, we went and saw it uh, at Kenwood Drive-In. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. went and saw it, uh, and then uh, Event Horizon was afterwards. Yeah, that Event Horizon just... Yeah, yeah just, that was the movie that we thought was just some sci-fi flick. Right. We're like, yeah, we'll check it out after Mimic. And turns out Event Horizon is now literally in my top five favorite movies yeah, of it's, all, it's, all time. That, it's a crazy movie. Oh, I love it. Um, but uh, the, So the prefix where actually comes from Old English, and it means man. Really? So, like, so I guess man, man wolf. wolf. Okay, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes yeah, sense. So, um, but, uh, you know, despite its root, it's used to indicate female shapeshifters as well. Yeah, well, I, I think it uh, the term man being used in terms of yeah, humanity. Right, right. So. Not necessarily uh, masculine. Right. But yeah. So let's let's jump a little bit into some of the um, examples of shape-shifting across the different areas. So let's start off with uh, Greco-Roman. Ooh, Olympic, yeah, right? So yeah. the Olympics, they would turn into wolves and run the race because wolves <laughs> are faster. Is that right, it? yeah. That's what, <laughs> cheetahs, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so in classical literature, uh, including many examples, like in uh, uh, Ovid's Metamorphosis, Great. Uh, Great. Cirque's uh, Transforming of... Circe's. Uh, Circe's, yeah. sorry. That's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's 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 podcast. It's not like it's out it's there fine. forever. Uh, you're just, you know, not artistic anymore. I, you know, I said artistically, and, yeah. and that, that's been scratched. <laughs> so you got, like, two more things. Right, so... so I, <laughs> if I uh, if I pronounce one of these other uh, more difficult words correctly, do I get it back? Possibly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I'm that's what I'm going to shoot for. Okay. So uh, transforming of uh, Odysseus, uh, uh, men. Uh, Odysseus is, I guess, men into pigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homer's Odyssey, um, and El- I'm not even going to try. Apuleses. Apulices? I don't know. I'll let it slide because I have no idea. <laughs> I would have said apple. Ap- nope, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next time to hear us pronounce words. Right? Apuleius. Yeah. There we go. That, that, that works. 
Apulius. Uh, Lucius becoming a donkey in The Golden Ass. Mm-hmm. Which also, it is a dirty movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend Googling yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things you shouldn't Google at work. Uh, the Golden Ass. Or The Golden Shower. Don't, don't go to whitehouse.com. No, do, do not. Uh, apparently, don't go to uh, louisvilleghosthunters.com or yeah, whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, uh, Proteus was noted among the gods for his shape-shifting. Uh, Menelaus and Aristeus seized him to win information from him. For that one, I'm going to give it back to you. Okay, thank you, yeah. thank you. Uh, succeeded only because they held on during his various changes. Hmm. Um, Nereus told Her- uh, Heracles. Heracles. Heracles? Mm-hmm. Is it the That's the Greek version is Heracles. Okay, Heracles. So if you, I'm not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I'm not gonna. Uh, you know, so, um, where to find the apples of the uh, Hesperides? For some reason, Hesperides. You're, you're all. Oh you're, my you're god! It. Oh, I just gotta put all kinds of Edies and, and, <laughs> and it's Greek, man. Testicles and bicus <laughs> dicus. <laughs> All right, so um, the Titan Metis. You gonna tell me that's wrong? No, Metis. I don't know. Matthias. No, it's a woman, so okay. it's Metis, okay. not Metis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first wife of Zeus and the mother of the goddess Athena was believed to be able to change her appearance into anything she wanted. Hmm. So, in one story, she was so proud that her husband Zeus um, tricked her into changing into a fly. He then swallowed her because he feared that uh, he and Metis would have a son who would be more powerful than Zeus himself. Metis, however, was already pregnant. She stayed alive inside his head and built armor for her daughter. The banging of her metalwork made Zeus have a headache, so Hephaestus Hephaestus clove his head with an axe. Hephaestus was the one who made all of the armor okay. and the, the uh, ancient tools and, and gotcha. weapons. Okay, so like Zeus's lightning bolt and all yeah, that. Yeah, okay. all that stuff. Yep. So when he did that, Athena sprang from her father's head, fully grown and in battle armor. Ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> roll out. This is why I will always say women are much stronger than men. <laughs> they, we would have been like, what's up? Can we suckle on a team for a while? And women are like, let's go. Let's fight. Yep. So Let me yeah. kick some A and take some names. Kick some golden ass, man. Yeah. So uh, in Greek mythology, the uh, transformation is often a punishment from the gods to humans who cross them. So like Zeus transformed King Lycaon and his children into wolves. Hence Lycanthrope. Mm-hmm. Like like. Boy, oh you're God. on it today. Ah, man, I'll tell you what. I should have ate my Wheaties or something. <laughs> As a punishment for either killing Zeus's children or serving him the flesh of Lycon's own mother, mortar. Man, I am just. Do you want me to take over on this? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, uh, so Zeus transformed Lycan and his children into wolves, hence lycanthropy, as a punishment for either killing Zeus's children or serving him the flesh of Lycan's own murdered son, uh, Nyctimus, depending on the exact version of the myth. Uh, and Ares assigned Electrion to keep watch for the other gods during his affair with Aphrodite, but Electrion fell asleep, leading to their discovery and humiliation that morning. Ares turned Electrion into a rooster, which always crows to the signal of the morning. He also turned him into a cock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yep. A big red one. Yep. <clears throat> so uh, Demeter uh, transformed Ascabalus. Okay. I mean, if anybody is around from Greco-Roman times who wants to <laughs> argue with me, you can email me at fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, into a lizard for mocking her sorrow, the first, uh, the thirst during her search for her daughter, Persephone. She also turned King uh, Lin- Lincus into a lynx. So King Lynx Lincus into a lynx. I'm like, like, are these where these terms came from? Oh, that's, yeah. I was thinking that too when I was looking this up, and I was like, well, if not, then these things are very literary, you know. 
And so uh, she did that because uh, he tried to murder her prophet, Triptolemus. So yeah. that's kind of cool. Which I didn't know that story. The word, the root of the word, trypt- tryptopan. Tryptopan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Athena transformed um, Arachne into, or excuse me, Arachne into a spider for challenging her as a weaver and or weaving a tapestry that insulted the gods. She also turned uh, Nyctamini into an owl, though in this case it was an act of mercy as the girl wished to hide from the daylight out of shame from being raped by her father. Yeah, there's uh, and actually in a lot of this, a lot of these uh, stories and, and things that were happen, um, there's a lot of raping. Yeah, uh, well, that was well, I mean, that was pretty commonplace. Uh, hell, it still is, um, but especially back then, anyone with power. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that doesn't mean royal power. I mean, right, just it's just power. Power. Yeah, you know, took what they wanted. <laughs> so, um, Artemis transformed Actaeon into a stag for spying on her bathing. And he was later devoured by his own hunting dogs. Listen, if you're going to check on any goddess, don't don't get the goddess of war. Like, well, don't get caught, right? I guess yeah, I, I'm like, just don't, just don't do that. <laughs> uh, Galanthus was transformed into a weasel or a cat after interfering in Hera's plan to hinder the birth of Heracles. Uh, Atalanta, which I went, I, when it I is. saw this, is it yeah. named? Okay, mm-hmm. um, but it's not spelled the same. Mm-mm. But and uh, Hippo. Hippomon- hip 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 hop anonymous. <laughs> hip, hip, why does he get all the easy words? <laughs> it's really bad because I was I was reading that word. I, that's what was going through my head, and that's what made me mess up. <laughs> Hippomenes. <laughs> Hippomenes uh, were turned into lions after making love in one of Zeus's temples. Uh, Io, who the moon is named after, yep. uh, was a priestess of Hera in Argos. Uh, Argo is wh- where I work. Argo Network. A nymph who was raped by Zeus, who changed her into a heifer to escape detection. Wow. Uh, Hera punished young Tiresias by transforming him into a woman and seven years later back into a man. The seven-year itch, right? Is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that where that comes from, I well, wonder? Yeah, just, I mean, that's like... I don't know, to, to get used to being a woman and then have to just, you know. Well, that's a lot more fitting these days. It's it's very interesting. I wonder if that uh, tale gets looked at a lot more nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, King Tyrius, uh, his wife, Procne, and her sister, Philomela, were all turned into birds, a hoopoe, a swallow, and a nightingale, respectively. After Tyrius raped Philomela and cut out her tongue, and in revenge, she and Procne served him the flesh of his murdered son, Etus. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> while the Greek gods uh, could use transformation punit- punitively, such as Medusa, uh, turned into a monster for having sex with Poseidon in Athena's temple, even more frequently, the tales using it are, um, are more uh, amorous, amorous yeah. adventures. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeus repeatedly transformed himself to approach mortals as a means of gaining access. Yes, he did. If you ever watch the old show, Hercules, yeah. <laughs> he did it all the time. <laughs> so this next kind of list is, I guess, times where the gods would turn themselves into things to mm-hmm. to get close to people. So you have Danae came as a golden shower. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got that backwards. It's a shower of gold. <laughs> Europa showed up as a bull. Uh, Leda as a swan. Ganymede as an eagle. Interesting there. Sorry. Yep. Alchemini as her husband, Amphitryon. Uh, Hera as a cuckoo. Yep, Jared Leto as a quail. <laughs> oh, sorry, just Leto yeah. as a quail. Uh, Io as a cloud. <laughs> Semele as a mortal shepherd. So you've got the uh, nemesis. Oh, yeah, not Star Trek nemesis. Nope. The goddess of retribution transformed into a goose to escape Zeus's advances. Seems to be a common theme here. Yeah, so he's a perv. Uh, but he turned into a swan. She later bore the egg in which Helen of Troy was found. Very interesting. Uh, Vertuminus transformed himself into an old woman to gain entry to Pomona's orchard. There he persuaded her to marry him. Uh, orchard? I wonder if it was an apple orchard. You know, very similar to Snow yeah. White. Interesting parallels. Yep, interesting. Um, as a final reward from the gods for their hospitality, uh, Bouchus and... Philemon, we're going to go with that, uh, were transformed at their deaths into a pair of trees. Ooh, so. 
I wonder if those trees are still there. That's what I was just thinking about, too. I actually heard on NPR last night uh, this woman who did this uh, photograph book of the oldest living organisms in the world, and she was talking about different trees, and there's some that uh, there's one thing that she found is over 400,000 years old. Wow. There was something uh, that was 13,000, no, 33,000 years old, and it accidentally got bulldozed. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like a moss, and they just bulldozed well, You know, so you've always heard you could count the rings of a tree to see how it's yeah. age, but... How do you know the age of a tree if you don't cut? Like, yeah, I know. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they can figure it out. I Carbon don't know. dating, maybe. Uh, but sometimes metamorphoses transformed objects into humans. In the myths of both Jason and Cadmus, one task set to the hero was to sow dragon's teeth. On being sown, they would metamorphose into belligerent warriors, and both heroes had to throw a rock to trick them into fighting each other to survive. Yeah. So, dragon teeth. The, the whole sewing of dragon teeth is actually a really interesting story if you read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, um, Duikalion and Pyra repopulated the world after a flood. Uh, interesting there that it's a flood. We did talk about the Ark earlier. So. Yeah. By throwing stones behind them, they were transformed into people. Mm -hmm. Cadmus is also often known to have transformed into a dragon or serpent towards the end of his life. And uh, Pygmalion... Uh, fell in love with Galiti, a statue he had made. Aphrodite had pity on him and transformed the stone into a living person. Isn't there a movie called Lars and the Real Girl or something like that? And it was about a guy that had a sex doll that he just had a real relationship with. like Or Mannequin. We can talk about the movie yeah, Mannequin, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, so now we can get into British and Irish stuff. Yep. That's that's the stuff I'm very familiar with. Yeah, so in the, in the British and Irish, you basically have fairies... Witches and wizards. Oh my! Uh, which would make a really good like shop or something. Mm-hmm. Fairies, witches, and wizards. Oh my! <coughs> we're all noted for their shapeshifting ability. Uh, not all fairies could shapeshift, and some were limited to changing their size, as with the Spriggans, and others to a few forms. And other fairies may have only the appearance of shapeshifting through their power, called glamour. Mm-hmm. Uh, to create illusions. Yep, I've practiced a little glamoury back in my early days of paganism. I thought it kind of worked. Huh. <laughs> well, maybe, that, maybe that's the whole idea behind glamour shots. <laughs> oh, boy. People <laughs> still do those, by the way. Um, that cowboy hat and the, the puffed-up hair does not make you look cute. <laughs> uh, so there's this, uh, uh, I guess, a, a headly cow. Uh, could change to many forms, and both human and supernatural wizards were capable of both such changes and inflicting them on others. Yeah, that's where the, oh, you turned me into a newt! Like, that's where that whole idea (laughs) comes from. Yeah, Uh, Witches could turn into hares, and in that form still milk and butter. Uh, Many British fairy tales, such as Jack the Giant Killer and the Black Bull of Norway, feature shapeshifting. Yep. So do... Celtic mythology. Uh, you want to take some of this? Yeah. Uh, so Pwyll was transformed into uh, Aron, and uh, this was into Aron's own shape, and Aron transformed himself into Pwyll's shape so that they could trade places for a year and a day. So it's like that movie Vice Versa with Judge Reinhold and uh, what's his name from Little Monsters? Fred Savage. Yeah, Freaky, Freaky <laughs> Freaky Friday. Friday. Yeah, Freaky Friday too. Eh, I was a boy. I liked I liked the other one I said. Uh, Luid Ap Kilquad uh, transformed his wife and attendants into mice to attack a crop in revenge. When his wife is captured, he turned himself into three clergymen in succession to try to pay a ransom. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And Mathfab, Mathwanwi, and Guaidwin transform flowers into a woman named uh, Blaudwed, and when she betrays her husband, Lulog Jeff's who is transformed into an eagle, they transform her again into an owl. And so, yeah, I guess I'd rather be an owl. I mean, uh, uh, an eagle than an owl. But Yeah, I mean, they both eat, eat mice, I guess. Yep. Uh, Gilfathwe committed rape with the help of his brother, Gwydion. Uh, both were transformed into animals for one year each. Should have been forever, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, Gwydion was transformed into a stag, sow, and wolf. And uh, the other one was transformed into a hind boar and a she-wolf. Uh, each year, they had a child. Math turned the three young animals into boys. So that <clears throat> that word there, math, mm-hmm. that's from the line above, the math fab 
Oh, right. yep. Sorry. Yep. So yeah, so. Mothfob Mooverber uh, turned the three <laughs> young animals into boys. <laughs> and Gwion, uh, not to be confused with Gwar, uh, having accidentally taken some of the wisdom potion that Seerdwin was brewing for his son, fled through, or excuse me, fled from her through a succession of changes that she answered with changes of her own, ending with his being eaten, a grain of corn by her as a hen. She became pregnant and he was reborn in a new form, Talisian. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the um, Scottish mythology features shapeshifters, which allows the various creatures to trick, deceive, hunt, and kill humans. Uh, water spirits such as the each uh, usage, which inhabit locks and waterways in Scotland, were said to appear as a horse or young man. Other tales include uh, Kelpies who emerge from locks and rivers in the disguise of a horse or a woman in order to ensnare and kill waver, uh, weary travelers. Yep. Uh, Tam Lynn, a man captured by the Queen of the Fairies, Tatiana, is changed into a manner of beast before being rescued. So she was just messing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he finally turned into a burning coal and was thrown into a well whereupon he reappeared in his human form. Um, the uh, Perhaps the best-known Irish myth is that of Iofi, uh, who turned her stepchildren, the children of Lear... Into swans. Into swans. Yes, it's a very, very famous myth. To be rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, likewise, in the Tokmark, Etain, Fomanak... Boy, if you say all that fast, it sounds Klingon. <laughs> Talk mock Itan fum knock Jealousy turns Atan into a butterfly. <laughs> oh, I don't know where that last little accent I liked it though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh the uh the the puka? Oh the puka. Yeah, puka. Uh this is like um if you've uh, Pikachu is that's where the name came from, but uh Harvey, the movie Harvey. Yep. Oh Harvey here's a puka. Yeah. Yep. So it's a uh, Celtic fairy and also a deaf shapeshifter. He can transform into many different terrifying forms. Like a rabbit. <laughs> well, a a six-foot rabbit. Yep, a six-foot rabbit. Um, uh, I'm, this is got That's a lot of consonants. Consonants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sadabop. That's one we're going to go good. with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the wife of the famous hero Fionn, Mac Cumhull, uh, was changed into a deer by the druid Ferdoich when she spurned his amorous interest. Mm, very nice. So uh, next we move into Norse mythology. Okay. So, which I love. I mean, you know, we're all familiar with Thor now. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Norse is having a resurgence due to Thor uh, and Neil Gaiman's book on Norse mythology. Uh, but in the uh, Locusena, Odin and Loki taught each other with having taken the form of females and nursing offspring to which they had given birth, which is a very interesting notion that they essentially were able to know a woman's plight. Uh, because they became women right. and gave birth and, right. and they knew and nursed the children and everything. Uh, a 13th century Eda relates Loki taking the form of a mare to bear Odin's steed, uh, Slepanir, which was the fastest horse ever to exist, and also the form of a she wolf to bear Fenrir, which brings upon the end of the world. Right. Ragnarok. What's, what's really interesting, a lot of people don't know this, is uh, Loki, despite how he's depicted as the brother of Thor, is actually the brother of Odin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all gets messed up in the gods' worlds anyways. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Svipdagar angered Odin, who turned him into a dragon. Uh, in the Hindaluju, Freya transformed her protege, Otar, into a boar to conceal him. She also possessed a cloak of falcon feathers that allowed her to transform into a falcon, which Loki borrowed on occasion. Not yep. surprised. The, uh, the Volusunga saga... Contains many shape-shifting characters. Uh, Sighir's uh, mother changed into a wolf to help torture his defeated brothers-in-law with slow and ignominious deaths. Uh, when one Sigmund survived, he and his nephew and son Senfoltigil, I don't know, Scandinavian, uh, <coughs> killed men wearing wolf skins. When they uh, donned the skins themselves, they were cursed to become werewolves. Uh, the dwarf Anvari is described as being able to magically turn into a pike, which 
how is that helpful? Yeah. I'm turning in myself into a big stick. Well, I mean, it's like, well, I mean, it, well, I, I immediately thought of the fish, Pike. Oh. Maybe, so uh, could be a fish. Yeah, I guess that could be. I, if it was just a big a stick. stick <laughs> I'm going to hide here. <laughs> it's the sharp on one end. I mean, if it reminds me, the way you're thinking about it reminds me of the Wonder Twins on Super Friends. It's like, <laughs> shape of bucket of water. <laughs> like, what good are you? Like... Yeah, so that makes more sense to be a fish. Thanks, yes. thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the um, uh, but in all the variants, he transformed uh, into a dragon, a symbol of greed, uh, while guarding his ill-gotten hoard. His brother Otter enjoyed spending time as an otter. Uh, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> I am Otter. I like my stupid Otter. Yeah. Which led to his accidental slaying by Loki. Oops. Uh, and then over in <laughs> Scandinavia, there existed, for example, the famous race of she-werewolves known with the name of Maras, women who took on the appearance, appearance of the night looking for huge half-human and half-wolf monsters. So then you have the Gunhild, Mother of Kings, uh, this actually gives us a time frame. It's 910 to 980 uh, circa. Was a quasi-historical figure who appears in the Icelandic sagas, according to which she was the wife of Eric Bloodaxe, was credited with magic powers, including the power of shapeshifting and turning at will into a bird. Wow. Uh, so it looks like we've got some other shorter yep. uh, ones. So here we've got Armenian lore. Uh, in Armenian mythology, shapeshifters included the Nang, a serpentine river monster that can transform itself into a woman or a seal and will drown humans and then drink their blood, or the beneficial Shahapet, a guardian spirit that can appear either as a man or a snake. And boy, that Nang is creepy. I want to see a movie about yeah, that. Yeah, that would be that would be crazy. Um, so we have uh, Indian, uh, not Native American, just for anybody who's... Mm -hmm. Yep. So ancient Indian uh, mythology tells of Naga, uh, snakes that can sometimes assume human form. Uh, scriptures, uh, scriptures, excuse me, describe shapeshifting Rakshasa or demons assuming animal forms to deceive humans. The uh, Ramayana also includes the Vanara, a group of ape-like humanoids who possessed supernatural powers and could change their shapes. And good God, could we spend four episodes on Hindu oh, gods yeah. and the shape-shifting that they have done. It, yep. It's, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and I was thinking of Naga, the snakes that uh, sometimes assume human form. I'm like, was that the uh, Cobra Commander? Uh, from G.I. <laughs> Joe yeah, or right. Serpentor. Right. Remember Serpentor? Serpentor? Yeah, Serpentor. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, in the Philippines, uh, their mythology includes the Aswang, a vampiric uh, monster capable of transforming into a bat, a large black dog, a black cat, a black boar, or some other form in order to stalk humans at night, which is very similar yeah. to a lot of the stuff that we know. Yep. Uh, it also talks about the Capra, which is the Tikabalo and the Encanto, which change their appearances to woo beautiful maidens. Also, talismans called Anting, Anting, or Bertud in the local dialect, can give their owners the ability to shapeshift. In fact, in one tale, Changuita, the monkey wife, a woman is turned into a monkey, only becoming human again if she can marry a handsome so it's like the opposite of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it, Handsome and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> handsome and the Monkey. <laughs> in uh, in Tatar uh, folklore, uh, you got the uh, Yuxa, a hundred-year-old snake that can transform itself into a beautiful young woman and seeks to marry men in order to have children. Uh, don't trust snakes is the uh, moral of the story here. Uh, Chinese, yeah. uh, let's see, we talked about this briefly for a second. Uh, in China, there's mythology that talks about the Huli Jing, a fox spirit which usually appears as a beautiful young woman. Most of them are dangerous, but some feature as the heroines of love stories. Madam White Snake is one such legend. A snake falls in love with a man, and the story recounts the trials that she and her husband faced. So in Japanese lore, you have the obaki, or a type of yokai, with the ability to shapeshift. The fox, or kitsun, is among the most commonly known, but other such creatures include the bakan bakanako and the majuni, 
and the Tanuki. We know Tanuki um, from Mario 3. That's the Tanuki suit. It's a raccoon. And uh, Baka Neko, I don't know what Baka stands for, but I know Neko is cat. It, it mm. stands for cat, so it's some sort of cat. Cat, yeah. Uh, in Korean mythology, there also is a myth that contains a fox with the ability to shapeshift. Um, they are definitely... Foxes are definitely yep. known to do so. Uh, unlike its Chinese and Japanese counterparts, the Kumiho is always malevolent. Usually its form is a, of a beautiful young woman. One tale recounts a man, a would-be seducer, revealed as a Kumiho. And the Kumiho has nine tails. Uh, and as she desires to be a full human, she uses her beauty to seduce men and eat their hearts. Or in some cases, livers, where the belief is that of 100 livers, livers would turn her into a real human human uh, and if you play Pokemon um, one of the uh, uh, Pokemon on there I can't think of the one it, it uh, when it evolves it evolves into that where it's got the six or the nine tails yeah. the fox with the nine tails so I wonder if the, you know the whole the cat of nine tails which is like a whip or whatever mm -hmm. I wonder if that has anything to do it with might it absolutely might yeah I mean foxes get confused for cats all the yep. time <clears throat> uh, in Somalia mythology Kori Ismaris, uh, which basically translates into one who rubs himself with, with a stick. We'll see if that guy can turn himself into a pike, into a stick. <laughs> Perfect opportunity. <laughs> um, was a man who could transform himself into a hyena man by rubbing himself with a magic stick at nightfall and by repeating this process could return to his human state before dawn. Wow. And then we've got, we're moving now into South America. Uh, we've got the Nahule. Uh, it signifies a man who by sorcery has been transformed into a puma or jaguar. Which a lot of, data, you know, a lot of that so the Southern uh, American, uh, uh, South American countries and, 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 um, and peoples are really, you know, the jaguar or the puma is just a very powerful uh, deity. I know, so... And then in, in, in the uh, Trinidad and Tobago area, we have um, the Legahu or Loop Guru. Um, Loop Guru! <laughs> is the shapeshifter of Trinidad and Tobago's folklore. Uh, the unique ability is believed to be handed down in some old Creole families and is usually associated with witch doctors and practitioners of African magic. Very, very cool. And then, of course, let's talk about Native American. Yep. So Native American is... Um, you basically have uh, Navajo witches, uh, including skinwalkers, represent the antithesis of Navajo cultural values. Um, while uh, community healers and cultural workers are known as medicine men and women, or by terms in the local indigenous language, witches are seen as evil, performing twisted ceremonies and manipulating magic in a perversion of the good works medicine people traditionally perform. In order to practice their good works, traditional healers learn about both good and evil magic. Most can handle the responsibility, but some people can become corrupt and choose to become witches. Animals associated with witchcraft usually include, include excuse me, tricksters, such as the coyote, mm -hmm. uh, but can include other creatures, usually those associated with death or bad omens. They may also possess living animals or people and walk around in their bodies by locking eyes. No! <laughs> I got a friend that never looks you in the eye. That must be why. Skinwalkers <laughs> may be male or female. So, like I said, I, I didn't get a whole lot into the uh, to the Skinwalker Ranch stuff, which is... No, please don't. That's a whole That's episode. a whole episode. Um, but what I, what I did... What I, what's really interesting is the... Where you can find a lot of detail around uh, folklore for a bunch of different uh, Native American tribes, mm -hmm. the Navajo are very, I don't know, um, reserved in what they let get out. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're not Navajo, you don't or need to Dene, know. as they call themselves. Yeah, you don't need to know. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so it was really, I mean, the what I found was was sparse and then when i tried to find other i mean i just pretty much found um a repetition of what i had already found so there's just you know they're not very open about their belief system if you're not a uh, part of their and, and, well even people today there's stories they don't want to share 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, whether the, in fact, some of the people that I talk to about getting listener stories, which we'll move into here in just a second, I got a long one. So um, they sometimes, when I ask them, are like, no, please, I. I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, right. You know, they like being in the comfortable environment of the group that we're in, but right. not in a public setting. And I and I get that. I know. do. Yeah. Not I mean, everybody. even even if there's some anonymity, <clears throat> it's still the fact that you may have told someone else your story. Mm-hmm. They hear it on here. They think. Yep. You know, or okay. or you're talking about an area of Kentucky that. It can be easily hey, right. identified. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, shapeshifters are interesting, man. And we, we haven't even scratched the surface on shapeshifters. And I nope. love that we talked about animals that shapeshift as well as humans that can shapeshift. Yep. Um, and we didn't even touch on aliens shapeshifting. Right. Well, that's, that, <laughs> again, that's, it's like a whole different segment. Yeah, that's a, definitely a whole whole nother kit and caboodle. Uh, but yeah, like I said, moving into the listener story, because I want to get into this, is a long one. It's a really, really interesting one. Uh, and this comes from, uh, again, the Haunted History of Kentucky. Thank you guys so much for being so willing. Yeah, this is uh, awesome. This comes from Wanda Kenley. Uh, this is actually one of two stories that she has, but I'm only going to share one today. Uh, but yeah, this one comes from Wanda Kenley. And uh, take a listen. <laughs> It was in 1984, and I was living in a two-story house on East Main Street in Richmond, Kentucky. My five-year-old daughter had a bedroom downstairs. The upstairs had a large bedroom for me and my husband, with a smaller bedroom for the baby. The view from my bedroom window was unique. It was an abandoned funeral home. It was a two-story clapboard house with paint peeling. There was a double-wide window without any glass or frame, just a big square hole. By night, it was just a big black hole. During the day, you could see right in. The upstairs of the building was full of old coffins. It was a decent house. The rent wasn't bad. The yard was small, but so were our kids. To think that the funeral home next door would cause this house to be haunted is absolutely ridiculous. Crazy, right? I mean, that's what I thought, but then things started to happen. Just little things at first. then it escalated. First, it was a Friday night about 8 p.m. and the kids were playing in my daughter's room. I was watching TV and crocheting on the sofa and suddenly the room filled with the smell of vinegar. It lasted about 10 minutes and then it was gone. That same night at about 11 p.m. it happened again. This time though the room filled with the aroma of roses. Now this only lasted about 10 minutes and this happened several more times. In fact, it started to become a Friday night routine for a while. One morning, I had my wisdom teeth extracted. I was hurting a little bit, so I went upstairs to lay down for a while. My husband and his buddy were watching TV and keeping an eye on the kids. I hadn't been in bed even ten minutes before these two things came rolling out of my baby boy's room and under my bed. I don't know what they were. They were a little smaller than a basketball, and yet they were covered with fur. I jumped up and stood in the middle of my bed screaming. My husband and his friend both ran up the stairs. I told them what was happening and they looked under the bed. And my husband said, there's nothing there. You must have been hallucinating. But it wasn't. About a year later, we were visiting with a cousin who had moved to a house on Four Mile. He said that he was watching TV one night and these two fuzzy ball things rolled underneath the couch. He moved the couch out and yet there was nothing there. He then went on to say that he sees them all the time at night rolling around in his backyard. Have you ever even heard of such a thing? Do you know what it is? Because I don't. And that was the only time I ever saw it. In this house, there was a closed stairway that went up to my room. I had started having dreams that took place in this stairway. I was standing at the bottom of the stairs looking up. There was a beautiful lady at the top of the stairs. She had long, black, shiny hair and was wearing a flowing white gown. I had this dream for three nights in a row. I told my husband that I wanted to move out of the house, and he said no, I was just being silly. A few nights later, another dream happened in the steps. This time I was at the bottom, looking up at the beautiful lady again. And her feet lifted from the floor this time. Her hair frizzed out, her teeth got pointed, and her gown was ragged. She floated down the stairs very quickly, and she screamed so loud it hurt my ears. Get out of my house! 
I wanted out of that house so bad. The rent was cheap, so he didn't want to leave. I prayed about it, and soon my prayers were answered. The rent man showed up and said he sold the house, and that we would have to leave because the new owners were going to live in it. And to that, I simply said thank you. Wow. Yeah. That was just one house. I mean... The furry things. On the- I, uh, that sounded to me like Critters, if you ever saw Critters. Yeah. Um, but it makes me, uh, anything that is a monster movie, I'm always wondered, where did they get right. that idea from? Right. Like, is it something they took from mythology? Is it a nightmare that they had? Right. Much like Stephen King a lot of does, and Wes Craven both had nightmares, and they said, oh, these would be great stories. Right. Um, but absolutely frightening, especially the woman in white. I mean, we had just talked about Brad um, seeing a woman, woman in, white, in white, and yep. um, there have been one or two times where the woman in white was frightening to him yeah. was scary and so that's exactly what that reminded well, it's like me of. the um uh, the, this is the the scene in ghostbusters in yes. the library yes where she's like standing there shh, you know and then she just totally freaks out yeah and so it's the same scene in ghostbusters later on uh another scene is when you know dan Aykroyd ray is laying in bed and that ghost comes up and hooks yep. up with him but i'm right. waiting for <laughs> her to flip out like the librarian right. ghost did and bite him or something I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> but yeah i mean it was i mean that's just a you know, that's that's something that I've I have never I I've had uh eerie feelings mm-hmm. and I have um I don't know, just, just like it's something's there but I can't put my finger on it. But I've never really had any type of really I don't know, experience like that. It's just Um I, I I would I wouldn't be surprised with uh your mind opening up the way it has since you became co host. Uh, that you may in the future experience something a little bit more. I mean, you're, you know, some of her stuff were dreams and some of your dreams have been very frightening in a lot of ways. Um, And yeah, I mean, her story was absolutely frightening. And once again, here's someone who just does not believe. Yeah. And, you know, is more concerned with money than, you know, the welfare of a person. And and, uh, thank you. I'm so glad that her prayer was answered. That she could get out of there because obviously she was... And I'm sure that's probably only a few stories that she's got in that house. Well, and how was that affecting her her mood? Her children. Her stress level and her children. Everything. And And then to have other people experiencing it too and just things like that. uh, I just want to say to you, uh, you are very, very brave. Yeah, that was... And uh, thank you so much for sharing yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's great. Uh, and as usual, guys, uh, you can send in your listener stories. There's many ways you can do it. You can send it to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. Just write it out, even if it's a, a couple sentences or a paragraph or, you know, say here it is if you want to clean it up clean it up, you right. know, whatever you want us to do. Uh, you could also, um, you know, find me if I... Uh, you know any of the posts that we post yeah. uh, about our podcast or anything like that you can always leave a story there or simply just leave a story uh, on Fearscape uh, can, Facebook page know, Twitter direct, direct message us and Facebook Twitter all of Instagram. that stuff you can also uh, record yourself if we haven't had a, a person uh, be recorded in a while yeah. Um, so yeah you can record yourself and send those in as well and we'll play your voice uh, and I can even modulate it for yep. you if you still want to remain anonymous um, send those in we can set up a Google drive link whatever we need to do to get those stories we love them we want to believe you right um so yeah please send in those listener stories to us uh in ways you can find us like we said facebook we are there fearscape pod instagram fearscape pod twitter fearscape pod we are there those are social media areas you can find us yep and uh you know just uh make sure that you um you know follow us there uh, like us, whatever the you know the social media uh, nomenclature is for <laughs> for how you keep in touch yeah. with what we have going on because we post a new episode every week and we're all the time sharing stuff. We're all the time sharing you know stories that we find out. Yeah, there we don't or, we don't share all the news stories uh, we find on Spooky News. We share them on the the social media as well. Right. So if you like what you hear on here, you might like what you see on one of our social media platforms. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, make sure to, to listen. Also, if you get an opportunity, if the platform that you're listening has the ability to rate and review, uh, please help us by rating and reviewing our show. It helps our podcast yep. get seen a lot more, especially on platforms like Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and things like that. And share it. Share, the, uh, share it and let people know because... We got a lot of cool information, and yep. we, we want to share it with people. And just make sure that you also, you know, subscribe to whatever that, mm-hmm. you know. So you follow us, you hear, 
you, you'll get notification whenever the new episode drops, and that way you can always have us uh, fresh and ready to go. Yep, and uh, so public service announcement is over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We love you guys so much. You are our blanket huggers, our fan base. We love you guys so much. Yep. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get out of here, so go eat your dinner, do whatever you got to do, uh, and uh, we will catch you next week. And so this has been Stefan. I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. All right. Remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight. Good night, everybody. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. (laughs) Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. Ha 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 ha